Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio! Thank you. 
K I R P Radio. Good evening. You are listening to the K I R P Radio Show. It's keeping it real with Pudgy Miller, guest host Rocco P. Last Friday night of the month. Tonight I'll be discussing the UFO disclosure movement. If you saw the byline, I said a number of people, some prominent, are calling for the U.S. government to fully disclose everything they know about UFOs. UAP, which is the new phrase, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, and ETs or Extraterrestrial Aliens. What is behind this movement? How is it tied to the new age movement? Does the Bible, the Word of God, address these subjects? And how does the push for full disclosure relate to the COVID PSYOP, if at all? Thank you for tuning in. I'm going to play a brief clip, a few moments, from James Corbett. And I've got some calls. And I'm going to play this from the Corbett Report, if you're not familiar with that. Uh, he is no longer on YouTube. His channels were never monetized, but he's finally been banned permanently from YouTube, including his extras channel. So I'm looking at the Corbett Report on Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E. This is from 215, How to Fake an Alien Invasion, with James Corbett. over Jerusalem, and why did it stop over one of the most treasured sites in Christianity? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon, the arrival of a spaceship in Washington. The Army has taken every precaution to meet any emergency which may develop. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Hovering over Salt Lake City. Is it a rocket, a blimp, a UFO? Four government UFO experts is warning that Britain is wide open to alien visitors and that the consequences of not monitoring extraterrestrials could be huge. Nick Pope, who resigned from the Ministry of Defense, UFO Project says the department looking into UFOs has all but closed down and despite a high number of credible sightings. Let's uh, speak to Nick Pope. He joins us uh, both in the studio. We want to meet this guy. Joining us now are team leader James Fox, one of the nation's top UFO experts, and Aaron Ryder, who is in charge of Tech and Recon for the series. Good morning to both of you. Good morning. Is it a ufologist? Is that what the actual... So they say. Okay. <laughs> J-517, do you want to report a UFO? Over. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Hey, we want to report one of those either. Uh, Aries 31, do you wish to file a report of any kind of it? I wouldn't know what kind of report to file, sir. Uh, Aries 31, uh, me neither. I'll try to track traffic to destination. Over. While the family knows their story was out of this world, they are convinced they witnessed a close encounter and will be keeping a watchful eye on the yeah, I think we're definitely believers now. Uh, sorry, my mistake, my mistake. No, this is clearly a subject that is propounded time and again ad nauseum in the establishment mouthpiece media. That same media that we know is lying to us about most major world events, either through direct lying or a lying by omission. So why are they not omitting 
this little idea from the cultural context? Why are they constantly returning to the idea of alien presence, alien cover-up, alien invasion, alien threat? Why is this propounded so often, not just in the news media, but of course also in those cultural entertainment productions that I hope we understand are a, at the end product of the culture creation industry that has been predictively programming us, again, for decades, generations perhaps, to accept various memes and ideas, including, of course, this idea of alien invasion, alien threat, and the fallout and consequences thereof, which, again, is a theme that has been returned to time and time and time and time and time again for the better part of a century by this point. It's almost as if the billionaire power players at the top of this pyramid are actually connected to an idea to implant this idea of alien invasion in the public consciousness for the purpose of manipulating public opinion. And that's because they are connected to such an agenda, demonstrably so. And James Corbett goes on to discuss the War of the Worlds, the radio program back in October 30th, 1938, and you know, broadcast by Orson Welles. And it, during that uh, broadcast, people around the United States thought it was real, and many started to panic, and that's what it was designed to do. Give me a moment here. Hi, you're on the air. May I have your name and what state you're from? Just your first name. Hello, are you there? Hi, are you on the air? I've not been a believer. Yeah, hello? Hi. Hi, can I have your yeah. first name and what state you're from? Thomas. Right now I'm in Tom. Hawaii. Thomas, okay. I think you called last month. And is there someone else on the air? Uh, is there anyone else? No, that's just myself. Okay. All right. Yeah, excellent, man. I, I put together a, uh, a, a basically a quick uh, synopsis of what is uh, is happening, man. Well, you know, I actually got it from... Hey, did you ever see that uh, video uh, called uh, A Countdown to uh, dis- uh, uh, Disclosure? I did not. I did not. You did not see Countdown to Disclosure? Okay, you're going to have no, to check no. this out, man. It's okay. awesome. You can, you can get it for free. Watch it for free on Tubi. T-U-B-I app. Okay. It's all free. The download of the app and the and the, and the thing itself. So it's called Countdown to Disclosure. Uh, the uh, what is it called? The New Technology uh, Space Force or the New Space Force Technology. Kind of it kind of goes. Okay. Yeah. So uh, it's this guy on there, and this guy his he was a uh, he was a doctor, and he was I guess in the government, you know. So he was involved in the government in many ways. And uh, so he's the one who's kind of doing the, uh, you know, giving you an idea of what is actually going on. He says there's a secret department, and that too uh, controls this uh, Tic Tac, the one that was seen on the Air Force r- uh, radar. Okay. 
and, uh, and they're, and, and, you know, they're going to uh, try to find a way when a good time to uh, disclose this new uh, technology, which is basically, uh, it's basically unlimited energy. Because those Tic Tacs that you saw are flying on this new form of propulsion that is able to uh, extract energy out of the atmosphere. So, so was was the purpose of uh, of the documentary or the uh, that presentation saying well, that he, everything everything they're going to disclose is just technology that the government has and they're going to they're going to fake light salience? Well, yeah, it's actually not the U.S. government. It's you know, it's not like Biden. You know, people that you see are, aren't right. the ones in control at all, man. Yeah, right, right. They have no idea. He's got no idea. He's just a puppet dummy. You know, he's like a dummy up there. So, 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 what would they say? The end game is they say when is there a certain event that's going to set it off, and what's their agenda when they do the disclosure if they take an alien invasion? Yeah, they say. That's that's the problem. See what it was? It's re it's been, it's, it was re re-engineered re-engineered by a fallen uh, alien spacecraft. So you know okay. what I think, man. Like all these all these past wars that we've had, like the recent one that we just recently pulled out of Af- Afghanistan, all those were ways to funnel money so that they would to uh, actually uh, 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 re-engineer this technology because it took a lot of time and money to, to do so, right? So what they did is they couldn't go to the public and go, we've got this spaceship and we need taxpayers' money and we're going to actually re-engineer this spaceship and blah, blah, blah. So what they did is they created these false wars they went into. They've been into all these past years. And only a percentage of the money that they say that they spent on wars actually went to the war. Okay, I'm thinking maybe 70%, 60% went actually into the development of this new technology. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I've also heard with Afghanistan in particular, with the poppy fields, uh, the over 20 yeah. years ago when the Taliban. They've been in there 20 years, control. bro. They've been in well, there 20 be, years, before. but they just pulled out, right? So they just pulled. They just pulled out. You know why? Because they got the technology. We saw it on that radar. So the secret department tested it on uh, the Air Force uh, jet fighters on their radar to see how they would react to this. Uh, this uh, Tic Tac, they have no idea what the hell it is. So they already have the technology from taking money from taxpayers' money from the wars. So it's done. They pulled out of Afghanistan because we don't need to funnel money anymore because they've already got the deal. I think it's a plan to take over the planet, bro. I think these people are going to fucking – and that's what COVID is about. COVID is to knock down the population because see what it is. When you have unlimited energy – and what, it, what this guy said on this program is, you can fly from New York to Tokyo in five minutes. So if you can fly from uh, Tokyo to New York in five minutes, dude, you, you rule the planet. And on top of that, you have unlimited energy. Why, there's no way you can have ten, nine billion people on the planet when, when now the planet is, like, much more small, much smaller than it used to be because you can now go from Tokyo to New York in five minutes. So this COVID, everything is, is all... All together. The COVID is eventually going to try, and anything else that they come up with to get rid of maybe 80% of the population. Uh, because, yeah, there's no way you can have 8 billion people and have this kind of technology. It would be a, it would be a cluster. Did they, say, did they say in the documentary then 
that they're going to fake the. No, they didn't say that about the COVID. They didn't bring up the COVID as if it's a way to kill off eighty percent of the population. I'm throwing that one in. Right. They did bring it up as a as as part of their storyline that it's just a distraction and blah blah blah. But uh, you know, I, I don't know, bro. This guy's a doctor. He, he, he he's rubbed elbows with all the high, very high end people in politics. When you watch it. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty good. Was this guy Steve, is pretty good. Was this, pretty cool. All was right. Stephen Greer? Stephen yeah, maybe. Greer? It is, maybe. I, maybe. Is it, is it this guy? He's kind of tall, lanky-looking dude, and he's kind of uh, – I'm trying to think how to – yeah, maybe it might have been. But it's called Countdown to Disclosure, uh, the, uh, the, fa- the Space Force Technology, or something like that. Yeah, I think it's Stephen Greer. Let me check. I'll pull it up. I'm familiar with Dr. He sounds credible, man. Is he credible, or who is this guy? Is, was he a doctor? He said he was a doctor he's, at one point. Yeah, and he, he's a medical he's, doctor. Okay. He said he was a surgical doctor, and he uh, he sounds very credible, and he uh, it was awesome, man. I'm in. I'm in on it, man. I believe it. I believe that this is the the real deal. Everything else that we see and hear is all is all nonsense. It's nothing. It's drama. It's distraction. I mean, that's it. All these everything that we see on television is is, is a distraction, and, and nothing, man. Yeah, I tend to agree. Uh, thanks for calling. I appreciate. It. So we have we have this growing movement where the mainstream media, and as James Corbett has said, has been on this for years, and obviously this has really inundated popular culture. Uh, you think about Star Trek in the 1960s, uh, Star Wars starting in the 70s, and then coming back, uh, Independence Day, many other movies. Uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger with uh, Predator. Uh, it's, it permeates popular culture. So, what, why is this? The pattern would appear to be that the powers that shouldn't be are going to fake an alien invasion. James Corbett had said that out, you know, out really outright in his video. And they're going to do that, I think, in part right now, you see, more and more stories and videos are being released by the United States government stating that there's these uh, UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena, now it's UAP, around uh, military bases. And they're, they're starting to say now more and more frequently this is a, this is a potential threat. So they're going to fake an alien invasion. It could be multifaceted, and maybe they'd say there's, quote, good aliens, and, quote, bad aliens. Uh, I'm not sure exactly, but they are priming the public for this. Again, you think back of the War of the Worlds, 1938, before the power of the visual medium of television just on the radio, uh, people in different parts of the country and different parts of the United States listened to that radio program, thought it was real, and started to panic. So this, uh, this certainly appears to be what's being presented. I wasn't familiar with the last caller, uh, what he said, countdown to, uh, to disclosure. I am familiar with Dr. Stephen Greer. Dr. Stephen Greer is a new ager. And uh, 
I believe Dr. Greer it really essentially presents disinformation. What Greer does is he says uh, some things are true. He says the United States government has advanced technology. I believe that. You have people like Stan Dale that have gone on the record saying, you know, there's these anti-gravity uh, devices. So I think that's the case. And Greer says that they are going to fake an alien invasion. But on the other hand, Greer is pushing for disclosure. He believes extraterrestrials are real. I do not. I believe they're EDs or extra-dimensionals, essentially uh, demonic entities or demons. But Greer says there's, there are aliens that are, that are out there. There are ETs that are out there, meaning from other galaxies. And uh, they're no harm. They're no threat to us. And to me, that makes no sense because if you had these entities from other galaxies or planets far, far away that had this technology, they wouldn't be waiting for the likes of Joe Biden uh, and any world leaders to introduce themselves when they would do it themselves. So the, uh, the entire disclosure movement, uh, I think, is a psyop. Another reason I think Greer is uh, definitely, Dr. Greer is definitely controlled opposition, he believes the moon landings are real. Uh, he believes the moon landings are real. I, uh, you don't have to put a lot of time into looking at the moon landings. Uh, they try and say that if the moon is over 200,000 miles away from the Earth, uh, how much fuel would it take? to go there and back. doesn't make sense. They never talked about how, how any human being could survive getting through the Van Allen radiation belts. hasn't made sense. And since then, people with NASA have admitted uh, we have to find a way to get through the Van Allen radiation belts. Makes, uh, makes absolutely no sense. The technology they had then, if you have, if you have uh, an Apple phone, is far more powerful than the total, the total amount of computing technology they had when they claimed they went to the moon. Numerous times, uh, the astronauts, when they were interviewed, and they haven't been interviewed much, when they were interviewed, when they were asked legitimate questions not in a controlled environment by the government, they would contradict one another. One astronaut would say there was light on the moon. Others would say, uh, that, that there wasn't any light, or one would say that they, they saw all stars, another would say, oh, no, that no stars were, no stars were there. Then you get into the technical arguments too, apart from the fuel and the Van Allen radiation belts. Many, many people have looked at it. You could see a detailed documentary by an Italian film filmmaker called American Moon. You could look at the shadows going in different angles, allegedly on the moon. It was a set. It, it was it was some type, of, it was some type of film set. So you had light going in different directions. There's really no other explanation. Uh, there was uh, a lot of work was done on this by, uh, got to get the guy's name, Bart Subrell. He put together videos you can still see on YouTube. One's called Something Funny Happened on the Way to the Moon. Another one is Astronauts Gone Wild, <laughs> uh, where he was a bit of a jerk when he confronted the astronauts. But a lot of the things like the contradictions come out. And uh, here's from a piece. Uh, here's from a piece he wrote. Did NASA really send astronauts a thousand times farther, farther than they can today, 50 years ago? He wrote this in 2019. Have you ever, have you ever wondered why they claimed to have walked on the moon in 1969 on the very first attempt, even though right here on Earth, Mount Everest in the South Pole took numerous times before success of allegedly accomplishing allegedly accomplishing this amazing feat? 
with 50-year-older technology. A cell phone has one million times more computing power than all NASA did back then. Yet 50 years later, the farthest that NASA can send astronauts from the Earth is only one thousandth the distance to the moon, despite five decades more advancements in rockets and computers. If Toyota claimed they made a car 50 years ago that could travel 50,000 miles on one gallon of gasoline, yet today their best car can only go 50 miles per gallon, or only one one-thousandth the distance, would you not laugh at the obviousness of the fraud in the previous claim? If it were not for people's emotional attachment to the acclaimed moon landings, this 50-year unacceptable, this 50-year unrepeatable claim, also with only one-thousandth the capability five decades later, should likewise easily be recognized as a fraud that it sadly is. Has there ever been a genuine technological achievement in the entire history of the world, such as the first automobile, the first airplane, or the first nuclear bomb? whose modern-day capability was only one one-thousandth of that which it was 50 years earlier. Seeing how it is impossible for technology to go backwards, and today NASA can only send astronauts one-thousandth the distance to the moon, as was claimed 50 years ago, on the very first attempt with five decades older technology. The only re remaining conclusion is that the 1969 claim was a government forgery. It is that simple and that sad. Uh, there's, a, there's a video, I didn't, I didn't cue it up to, where someone from NASA admitted a few years ago that uh, he was asked candidly, you know, why haven't we gone back to the moon? And he goes, well, what happened? He says, uh, we, meaning NASA, destroyed all the technology and we can't rebuild it. So along with what Sabrell here said in his piece, that's mind-blowing. NASA has claimed that they destroyed the technology that enabled them to get to the moon several times. And now they couldn't rebuild it 50 years later. Makes absolutely no sense. Why am I saying this? Why am I basically uh, debunking the, the fake moon landings? For this reason, this, is part, this was part of the New World Order plan for years to really get into people's mind to think that you know, space, like in Star Trek, the final frontier, you know, this, is, this is the future of man. You know, get people fixated on this when... Uh, Man's never been to the moon. It's never been to the moon. You can also look at the atmosphere, too. This, as I already mentioned, the Van Allen radi radiation belt, there's no way human beings can get through that and, and stay alive. It's, it's impossible. The technology doesn't exist. Furthermore, when you get further up in the atmosphere, <laughs> it gets so hot, what would they need, even apart from the radiation, to stay alive at the heat to penetrate outside the Earth, completely outside the Earth's atmosphere to get to the moon? impossible. It's impossible. It doesn't exist. And again, I believe all this was done to basically incul incul inculcate people, to convince people that space, then, the way it's depicted uh, through NASA and through pop culture is real, and to prepare people for this fake alien invasion. That's what I think, uh, that's what I think the agenda is, definitely has been. Uh, when you look at the Bible, uh, how would the Bible explain this? And uh, to do that, uh, I would basically start in the beginning. In the beginning, God, Genesis 1.1. Uh, if you misinterpret the first three chapters of the Bible, the rest of Scripture also will invariably be misread. The first three chapters of the Bible, uh, Genesis reveals that God created the universe. The ultimate creation of God was man. The earth was created for man. Man was not created for the earth. The New World Order and popular culture invert that divine design by placing earth above man. Man is misrepresented as a disease or a virus on the earth. You can see that in movies like The Matrix, 
uh, as you've seen the Avengers, Infinity Wars, or uh, Endgame, you have Thanos, who's the supervillain, and he cares. He cares so much about people. He wants to because of uh, the lack of resources. He wants to kill half the population in the universe. That that was his solution. Again, even in the, in the terms of yeah, this comic book movie fantasy, it makes no sense. If if Thanos had these godlike powers that he could snap his fingers and kill half the people that, that were alive, why not just double or triple or quadruple the resources? So, but they get this again. This is all intentional. Many many times in Hollywood, you know, television movies they present people as a virus as a virus to the environment. Earth was created for man. Man wasn't created from the earth. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 1, 26-28. Sin corrupted men, and sin corrupted all creation. Okay. Oh, I'm going to be reading from Genesis 3. Oh. Then, or Genesis 2. Then, <laughs> then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Genesis two fifteen to 17 Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So you see Satan's initial activity, and he does many other things. Satan's main activity is deception. But he gets man to question the word of God. You question the word of God, you question God himself. Because we only know God through, directly, through his word. Uh, we know him through creation. Creation shows God does exist. But that could not get you a relationship with God. That couldn't save you. We need a special revelation of the Bible, what he's spoken, and what's recorded. So Satan continues to try and attempt man to deny what God said. And the woman said to the serpent, verse 2, we may eat, chapter 3, verse 2 of Genesis, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now, as far as creation being corrupted at that point, I quote from Romans 8, 20 to 22. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Again, Romans 8, 20 to 22. 
In Genesis 3, then, we have the promise of salvation or deliverance from the penalty of sin for man. Genesis 3.15, this is known as the Proto-Evangelium, the first gospel. The Reformers like to use Latin, reflecting, uh, really, the influence of the Church of Rome, I guess in part the Latin Vulgate. But this is known as the first gospel in Genesis 3.15. That verse introduces two elements previously unknown in the Garden of Eden, elements that are the base of basis of Christianity, the curse on mankind because of Adam's sin, and God's provision for a savior from sin who would take the curse upon himself. And that little statement there, that summary, which I agree with, is from GodQuestions.org, <laughs> Proto-Evangelium. Genesis 3.15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So it's talking about there'd be enmity between uh, you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So you see the spiritual battle then, uh, enmity between then, uh, the enmity that would be there. And it talks about woman having a seed. That wouldn't normally happen, but that was a prophecy of the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus would bruise the head of the serpent, but then says the serpent then would only bruise his heel. It wouldn't be a mortal wound. What do we make of this as far as the uh, uh, as far as the seed then of of the serpent representing Satan? Uh, I quote from John six forty two to forty five. Then Jesus said to them, God, we are father. This was part of a discourse with the Pharisees. If God, we are father. You would love me, for I proceed forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. So there, there he says, the Pharisees that were uh, saying Jesus was false, he says, you know, their father's the devil. Now, how do you break that down? How do you interpret that? Well, anyone that's lost is really under, uh, if you're spiritually dead, if you don't know Christ, if you haven't been born again, then uh, obviously there's no hope beyond this world because the Bible obviously teaches, you know, there's a literal heaven and a literal hell. The only way to know God is to trust Christ, to realize you're a sinner, realize that Christ died in, in your place, and then the exchange takes place. You get justified, declared righteous. You trust Christ, and God sees Christ's righteousness in you. Christ, who was sinless, was able to die as a substitute for the sins of the world. But in a particular way, these Pharisees weren't just lost because they were, they were saying Jesus was false. Jesus says, you're, you're father of the devil. Because those could, Genesis 3.15, also indicate there was another interpretation, well, another application to that, in addition to people that would just be controlled by demonic doctrines. Would that be the case? As far as the gospel, very clear in the New Testament then, therefore, having been justified, declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1, Romans 10.9-11, that if you confess in your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart 
one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. That's the most important thing I communicate is the gospel. But the uh, the topic tonight is to talk about this disclosure movement and to uh, to expose it. I do not believe any of these things. Uh, what is seen, I think, there's much evidence that UFOs or unidentified aerial, aerial phenomena are real. Uh, some is advanced technology. Uh, some, uh, some is fakery. Uh, some is outright demonic activity. Don't know which is which, but that's the case. But I would say certainly it's not these. It's not controlled by beings from other galaxies or outer space. That's not the case. I think that's a colossal lie. Huh? I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about Genesis 6, 1 to 4, and wrap this up to talk about how, what happened before the flood, and how does that tie to the, to the fact that Christ said before he returns it would be like the days of Noah. It would be like the days of Noah. You listen to KRP Radio Show, Keeping It Real with Poetry Miller, guest host Rocco P. KRP Radio!
KRRP Radio! You're listening to KRP Radio Show, keeping real with Pudgy Miller, guest host Rocco P. I was playing Lies, Lies, Lies to say that the, uh, the coming ET invasion is going to be a lie. There are not aliens from other planets. Hi, caller. Are you there? Yeah. I heard you talking about the um, what you would call the fictitious trip to the moon. How did yes. NASA explain it back in 69? Uh, as, as far as, see, I, I'm, I'm not sure what you're getting at. They said they went. They obviously, they, they thought they said it was real. Well, yeah, but I mean, if we didn't have the computer power to do it, then how how was it done? They uh, when when they're questioned again, uh, they basically it, it's pretty much a circular reason where I could say anyone that defends the legitimacy is just say, well, of course it happened, of course it happened because it happened. <laughs> I mean, things like the fuel. Well, which, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's circular reasoning. Yeah. But the technology would have to be um, in existence in order for it to happen. Now, at that time, right. we did have jet planes that could fly on automatic pilot. We also had atomic submarines, and I don't think they operated too much on computers. They operated on telemetry. So I'm wondering what NASA, what did NASA say if questioned by people who, um, who were skeptical? How did they say the technology was good enough to go past the Van Allen belt, to withstand the radiation of the sun, and um, the um, and the lack of computer power. We had computer power, but it was very, very you know minuscule. So they must have had somebody question them at some time. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're going with it. Can I just get your first name? What state you're from? Joe, Montana. Hey, Joe. Uh, they, they basically, uh, there was a clip I said, I didn't pull it up, where uh, some guy from NASA, this was in the last decade, said, because they've been asked repeatedly, you know, why haven't we gone back to the moon? And someone from NASA, it was, it was an official again, I didn't pull up the clip, but he said, uh, we, he said, we destroyed, meaning NASA, we destroyed the technology, and we can't rebuild it, which makes no sense, since, yeah, if it's 50 yeah, years that later. That absolutely makes no yeah. sense. Makes right. no sense, but that's what they said as far as technology. Well, with the Van yeah, Allen radio, the buttress, Van Allen radiation. Yeah. I'm sorry. The buttress your with argument. Ra- neither China nor Russia. Yeah. Well, they supposedly we've been back to the moon, and I think China and Russia supposedly landed on the moon. I don't know if they did or not, but um, in terms of actually making regular trips to the moon, neither Russia nor China nor America or England or Germany or France has done it. And whoever conquers space conquers the, uh, conquers the world, militarily speaking. Yeah, if, if what they're saying, if their whole cosmology is right, I mean, it's highly debatable when you, when you see how the atmosphere is, apart from the Van Allen radiation belt, when you think about it, when you get well above the stratosphere, it gets so hot. Uh, I really don't think there's any technology that at this point that anyone has on the planet to get that far. I just don't think it exists. When they're questioned about the Van Allen radiation belt, again, you just see circular arguments. They'll say, well, we had the suits, and they were monitoring it in the suits, and obviously it worked because they got there. 
But again, someone out at NASA contradicts himself. Someone not too long ago from NASA basically slipped and said, we have to figure out how to get past the Van Allen radiation belts to travel safely outside, yeah, out past that point. But I, spo- yeah. I thought it happened already. So they lie. Yeah, I mean, and NASA, not a, yeah, not a space agency. Yeah, if they already knew how to do it. From what I read, um, in order to go beyond the Van Allen belt, I don't know, maybe a lot of people are aware of the name of the Van Allen belt, but from what I understand, the Van Allen belt takes about an hour to travel through if you were going to go through it, which means that the radiation for the Van Allen belt would have been extremely deadly and would have killed the astronauts en route. Now, in order to protect them, you would need lead shielding. And I uh, and I heard that the amount of lead shielding necessary to protect the astronauts would have been so heavy that the rocket couldn't have gotten off the ground. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. And and also uh, and to support that, even with the space shuttle, which only goes up what uh, I don't know six, six eight hundred miles, doesn't go far. Even with the space shuttle, one time they even felt the radiation from the Van Allen radi- radiation belt. Not even getting that close. That's how powerful it was. So it's crazy. I mean, they mm. just contradict themselves. Well, I got a few of the callers. Mm. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Okay. Hi. You're on the KRP radio show. May I have your first name the state you're from? Caller, are you there? Hi, you're on the KRP yeah. radio show. May I have your first name and the state you're from? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, this is, uh, I talked to you earlier. Okay. Yeah, yeah, all, 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 the, all the information to know that the moon landing was real is out there. So, you know, you could be a denier, but uh, Elon Musk is planning on going within the next two, three years. So he will prove you wrong again on top of all the uh, Apollo flights. Because uh, there okay. are... When we, send out, when we send out satellites that circle the moon, they take photographs, and, and they have photographs of the uh, the old moon rover and the okay. uh, flag uh, still on the moon. So, right. well, thanks for calling. Yeah, they got photographs and how they get through the Van Allen radiation belt. And how would you get a ship to get enough fuel to go over 220,000 miles round trip, right? Some people just want to believe something that isn't true. There's no factual basis. Makes total sense, yeah. NASA NASA said, yeah, we'd like to get back to the moon, but, you know, we destroyed that technology and we can't rebuild it 50 years later. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. It makes absolute perfect sense. What was, what was the demonic plan to corrupt the human race? Okay. Genesis 1 through 4, a lot, of, a lot of stuff's been written about this, these four verses. Now, it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth, and doors were born to them that the sons of God saw, the doors of men that they were beautiful, and they took wives from themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. So it starts out saying, pre-flood, when men began to multiply in the face of the earth, doors were born to them. The sons of God, as we have to define who, who were the sons of God, 
saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they choose, of all whom they chose. So, who are the sons of God? In a history of interpretation, there's there's two main views. One basically says you have someone like Matthew Henry who was mightily used of God. We still have his commentary in print after hundreds of years. Matthew Henry says the sons of God was the godly line of Seth. That's what he says. The rabbinic interpretation, the interpretation that I believe was held by the uh, patristic fathers the first couple hundred years of the church, was that the sons of God, these were fallen angels. These were demons. Uh, you see similar language used in Job. And the Lord said in verse 3, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years, 120 years to the flood. And then there were giants on the earth in those days. We get that word, then giants. It was in the Hebrew, Snephilim. Could be translated giants. I think there were giants, but it's talking about their prominence and their power. There were giants on the earth in those days and also afterward. Interesting. And also afterward. How'd that happen? I'm, I'm not sure. When the sons of God came to the doors of men, they bore children to them. So it's saying, when these fallen angels came or yeah, had relations with the doors of men, and they procreated with them, they produced these Nephilim, these giants. Those were the mighty men who were bold men of renown, Genesis 6, 1 through 4. Very, very interesting. We have the New Testament that interprets that, that gives us some more information. We have the New Testament that talks about that. And let me get those verses up. Second Peter 2, 4 to 7. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. So saying that uh, these angels that crossed that line were then consigned to really uh, to hell prematurely. Uh, so obviously there's a lot of demonic activity in earth, but those the, the, what the text appears to teach is that as angels who procreate with women, that sin was so egregious to God that you know, they were they were sent then to the pit at that point. About nowhere afterwards, we also have some commentary, Jude 1, 6-7. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he is reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So there you see the element, the illustration that it was... The angels, it was wicked for the demons to have relationships with women. It was, it was outside their, their, their domain. Okay, it, talks, it says the angels who did not keep their proper domain. Illustrated like Sodom and Gomorrah, the illustration of homosexuality. Romans 1 say that's against nature. It's against nature for man to be with man. It's also against nature for angels to then procreate with women. And so then it talks about them being confined, reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. So a certain class, when they cross that line, that's what happened to them. 
obviously that wasn't all the demons, but it was some when that had happened. So it would appear then uh, the text is teaching that there was this all this there was this these hybrid beings somehow we don't know how were demons procreated with women. You see that this is this teaching then is reflected in uh, yeah, ancient Greek mythology. You have someone like Hercules who was half man and half god. And you know, a lot of different cultures would have teachings like that about you know, the idea that you know, some of the gods then uh, procreated with a uh, woman and then produced offspring. Uh, we have the phrase days of Noah. We have that phrase days of Noah. It's very, very interesting. Uh, what does that mean? I'm going to read from Luke 8, 26 33. Uh, well, this is uh, it's not the verse. Where is the days of Noah? Okay, Matthew 24, 36 to 36 there. Uh, 36 39. But of that day and hour, no one knows the return of Christ, the visible return of Christ, not the rapture. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came, and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. At face value, the way to interpret that is that people were living in spite of the warning, Moses, in spite of Noah preaching for years, warning people of the coming judgment. It evidently hadn't rained until the flood, but he was given a message by God. So over a period of a very long time, he preached that they should repent, and they carry on their lives like God didn't exist. And that's that's the way, that's the way essentially I, I've interpreted that. Uh, today, the Bible is, you know, especially in, in the English world, it's been translated multiple times. There's no lack of biblical preaching and teaching for anyone who wants to understand the Bible and understand the gospel. It's there, particularly in the age of technology now. Uh, there's, there's so many ways, so many people now have multiple translations on their phone. If you use your phone as a computer, people are living like God doesn't exist. And that would be the case up until the return of Christ and then judgment would hit. But there also could be an application to that. Again, when we go back to Genesis 6, 1 to 4, as far as the hybrid creatures. Now, after the flood, everyone was destroyed. But Genesis 6, 1 to 4 does mention that phrase. It says, there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterwards. Did that mean after the flood? Could it be, perhaps, that certain demons then, even though everyone was wiped out except those on the ark, could it be that certain demons still took the risk to do that after the flood to still procreate with some woman. We might get a clue then. We might get a clue in Luke 8, 26 to 33, verse that I was going to read before. Uh, this is talking about an encounter of Jesus with someone who was possessed. Then they sailed into the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. And when he, Jesus, stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons, demons plural, for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. 
for he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him. He was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demons into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him, and they begged him that he would not command them to go into the abyss. So verse 31 there, and they, the demons, begged him that he would command that he would not command them to go into the abyss. That word abyss, again, appears to be a technical word for that place where the demons are now that crossed those lines that had procreated with women. Again, obviously, there's demons that are active now in the world. They're influencing people. You see that in false doctrine. You see that with uh, the COVID scam. Uh, you see that with abortion. There's you know, massive demonic activity in the world. However, at this, in this encounter with Jesus, the demons were acknowledging that he could send them as you know, God in the flesh. He could send them to the abyss. So could, it, could that text then leave open then the possibility that certain demons, if they do cross certain lines, which might be procreating with women, would be sent to the abyss? Again, the scripture, the scripture doesn't say. We know it definitely happened in Genesis 6. Uh, we know the Nephilim were there. The word is used later on. Uh, after the flood, during the conquest of Canaan, uh, it didn't mean the same thing. We're not sure if, if it was a technical word. If it apparently was, we're not absolutely sure. There's certainly physical evidence, you know, big skeletons. There were literal giants. Uh, but obviously, the demonic activity is real, and they are planning this alien invasion. So how do we, how do we interpret these so-called aliens? According to scripture, aliens are not ETs, they're not extraterrestrials, but they're EDs, they're extra-dimensionals. Uh, some prominent people that researched this that are not Christians at all concluded also, after looking at this for many years, that these beings, and there's a lot of information there as far as abduction, of course, some of it's fake, but there's a lot of, a lot of information as far as abduction, people having these encounters with these aliens, they're hostile. People that have looked at it, and we'll get into that, I'll, I'll pull up a clip in a few minutes, they conclude they're not extraterrestrial. They're extra-dimensional beings, which I call demons. Uh, the disclosure movement uh, at face value, as I mentioned with Dr. Greer, is one representative of it. Uh, I believe it's, it's preparing people for this fake alien invasion. It's not logical to think that uh, extraterrestrial beings, if they existed, they would wait for human leaders of the world to be revealed. No, no. If they, had, if they were so advanced to human civilization, They'd do whatever they wanted. If they wanted to be revealed, they'd be revealed. But again, the idea is moving towards a one-world government. I could have pulled up a clip with Ronald Reagan. I didn't. When Ronald Reagan spoke to the United Nations, he said, in the, this is back in the 80s, he said, uh, would, would not the world be united if we faced a threat from aliens from outer space? And he didn't throw out and say, of course, he didn't. He didn't preface that, or he didn't qualify by saying, of course, you know, that's impossible, or that can never happen. He just said, wouldn't, wouldn't our world be united if we, if we had to face a threat of aliens from outer space? Okay, so this, is, uh, this idea, the New World Order has been planning this for at least 100 years. At least 100 years, I would say. Why else do I think the disclosure movement is completely false? Uh, is preparing this world for the sake of the invasion. If, if there were extraterrestrials, uh, they wouldn't hesitate to stop mankind from doing anything that, that could harm them. 
Dr. Greer, for example, says that these good aliens, you know, were very upset when uh, the United States developed nuclear weapons because it, it ripped some type of hole into you know, this, uh, you know, this space, uh, this, uh, the, the fabric of space and time. And the, the good aliens, uh, you know, they were upset. I think he says they're only good aliens. See, these ETs, they were upset then that uh, this could harm them. It's like, well, let's think about that. If you once again have these extraterrestrials that are so far advanced from anything and everything on the face of the planet, uh, if anyone on the planet, anyone on Earth, was doing something that they objected to, would they not just stop them? It would be like, you know, if you have a child that's three years old and you know, the child's about to walk out into traffic. Uh, you don't want to tr- this. In that example, it's, it's the child hurting themselves. You just pick the child up, and you don't you don't debate it. You just pick the child up. Uh, why would the ETs not hesitate to stop mankind if these nuclear weapons were so potentially destructive that it was you know somehow ripping, you know, or tearing apart or disturbing you know, the you know, time space realm? They just stop it. They would just stop it. If, he, if extraterrestrials were real, they wouldn't need anything from people, uh, especially wouldn't need them to meditate about them. With Dr. Greer, he is fully into the New Age movement. He mocks Christianity. He mocks biblical theology. Uh, but he thinks you, know, you should, you know, people could meditate, and that could help bring about the disclosure. Uh, it's sad. You have someone like David Icke who understands the New World Order, and he's also a New Ager. So I, I appreciate the fact he's exposing the plans for world government. But it's sad he has no idea who the real God is. And again, anyone without Christ, if you die without Christ, you're facing eternity in hell. How is this fake ET invasion going to incur? How are they going to pull off this fake uh, extraterrestrial invasion? I think with advanced tech, and that advanced tech very very well may have been acquired from demonic entities. Think about the pre-flood world. Uh, the Bible records the fact that Methuselah lived 969 years. That was the oldest man recorded in Scripture. So you had people living six, seven, eight, nine hundred years. Uh, again, you go back closer to Adam, right after you know the generations after Adam, between Adam and Noah. They had to be incredibly intelligent. If you could be, uh, live for 800 years, obviously. There's a lot you could study. There's a lot that could be done. So the ancients had advanced technology, and the demons, again, obviously, <laughs> they had they knew about it then. Their stories again cannot be cannot be substantiated, can't be proven that elements of the U.S. government had dealt with these entities that they're calling ETs, that are EDs, they're demonic entities or hybrid creatures, and they basically made different deals with them to get technology. Allegedly, one, uh, at least one of those meetings occurred, one or two meetings occurred with President Eisenhower. Again, that, that cannot be proven, but the point is I think they will pull off the fake alien ET invasion with advanced tech that's out there. Again, I mentioned Stan Dale before. He basically says a credible, pers- credible person says, you know, the U.S. government has had this anti-gravity technology for a long time. I think they'd also do it with a with deep fake technology and sophisticated holograms. You can see online now how sophisticated some of the holograms are. If people see it on TV, they believe it's real. And then also I think they'll pull it off through outright demonic miracles. Outright demonic miracles. When you look at the encounter between 
Moses and Aaron with the uh, wise men or the sorcerers or magicians in Egypt. Uh, the sorcerers in Egypt were said to practice secret arts in Exodus 7:11. When you see the encounter they had with Moses and Aaron in Exodus 7, 7 through 8 to 8:19, describes three miracles of God. They were counterfeited by demonic activity. In other words, the, the sorcerers had tapped into demonic power, and they were able to counterfeit the real miracles of God. One was when Aaron threw down his staff. It became a serpent. They did the same thing. But then his staff was a serpent, ain't theirs. They also were able, after Moses then, uh, through, through the power of God, turn the water in Egypt to blood, they could do that. Which was interesting because they were showing they could do the same thing, but they really need relief from that. Would not it not have helped, helped the Egyptians more if they could have turned the blood back to water, but they couldn't do that. They couldn't stop God's, God's miracle. Same thing with frogs. Uh, after Moses, with the second actual plague, caused frogs to occupy Egypt, except for where the, the, uh, the Hebrews were. The sorcerers, the wise men, the magicians, who practiced secret arts, they were also able to multiply frogs, but they couldn't get rid of the frogs that were there. Then, the next, next, uh, next plague was gnats. Moses had gnats go everywhere in Egypt. But the Egyptian wise men or sorcerers, the magicians, could not duplicate that. And then they said in Exodus 8, 19, this is the finger of God or an act of God. And if you know the rest of the story, Pharaoh's heart still grew, still grew hard. Satan is described in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen as an angel of light. An angel of light. And you think about all the, everything that's been said about the Illuminati. They believe they're illumined. They believe they're enlightened. And they're following false light. Uh, the pattern throughout history is that people will practice rituals with or without drugs to make contacts with demons. People throughout history will practice rituals with or without drugs to make contact with demons. Uh, you have you know, wicked people like Aleister Crowley in the UK, born in 1875. Uh, he thought, he thought, or he said, he was communicating uh, he was communicating with, in 1904, Alistair Crowley said he encountered a being known as Iwas, described as a minister to Horus, the central deity in Thelema, and as a holy guardian angel. Iwas dictated the, bo the Book of the Law, which Crowley wrote down and published, becoming the central Thelemic text. Now, he wasn't a holy guardian angel. Uh, he was a demon. You have someone like Jack Parsons who followed, who followed Crowley. Jack Parsons... Uh, was recognized by Werner von Braun as uh, a genius. He developed solid, solid fuel for rockets. And some people say Jet Propulsion Labs really could have been, could have actually been an acronym for Jack Parsons Labs. Jack Parsons, like Crowley, was involved in horrible rituals. Yeah, these guys were sexual, de sexual deviants, but they were involved in these rituals, tapping to the power of demons. With Parsons in particular. You have to wonder, he had no technical training, how in his either late 20s or early 30s did he acquire this technology to develop solid rocket fuel? How did he do that? Was it done in part through his contact with demonic entities? It would appear so. Some people have talked about, some people have taken DMT, uh, which is N- the methyltryptamine and 
dimethyltryptamine. Uh, it's an hallucinogenic tryptamine drug, sometimes referred to as Dimitri, and that produces effects similar to those of psychedelics. People that have taken DMT have said, a lot of them, not all of them, that they see these, wherever they take it in the world, they have a similar experience where they see these type of uh, mechanical elf-type elf type creatures. It's a realm into the demonic. It's a realm into the demonic. And even at the popular level, you have something like a Ouija board that's even opened up doors that people shouldn't open up and they get involved in the occult. So all, all this ET stuff uh, is so preparing the people for a fake alien invasion and is going to, I think, usher in the Antichrist. It's going to usher in world government. I think that's what's going on. I'm going to play a few clips have a Christian perspective to talk about this. Uh, first one is from, first two is from a documentary called Age of Deceit, Fallen Angels, and the New World Order. You still actually see this on YouTube. I was surprised. Age of Deceit, Fallen Angels, and the New World Order. movement has harnessed through the infiltrating of the truth movement has been on the topic of UFOs and ETs. Many of these folks like David Wilcock, David Icke, Jordan Maxwell, and many others have in fact verified the concept that the UFO phenomenon is not necessarily flesh and blood beings, but are a race of highly evolved spiritual entities who have attained what we refer to as Godhood and power over the elements of nature and physics of which we are currently limited to. This is eerily similar to the sacred promise given to the inner members of the New World Order. It is also the same concept being promoted by transhumanists and the road to attain singularity and human immortality through the use of technology in the field of biology and genetics. I believe that all of these various tentacles are leading to the same place and the same goal. More people today believe that there is life outside of Earth than ever before. The 2008 Scripps UFO poll conducted by Thomas Hargrove and Guido H. Stample showed that over 74% of 18 to 24 year olds believed it was likely that intelligent life exists on other planets. This is perhaps due to several factors, including our current growth in scientific knowledge and understanding of the size and vastness of the universe, but also the propaganda perpetuated by our media. Science fiction has exploded in America and the world as a staple theme for films, movies, books, and video games. Could this all be part of the plan to prepare the world for disclosure? I think the New Age, as well as the mainstream sort of media, and I mean like movies and television shows and everybody's been shoving this alien UFO thing down our throats because it has so many uses for the Antichrist system. I've said many times, I don't know if this is the way that it will all be set up. It is just a really convenient way if it does go down like this because it does do three main things that are needed for the Antichrist system. Number one, it causes the world to reject God. Uh, we've been sold this erroneous idea that if aliens exist, then God doesn't. So the headlines the day after would read, 
you know, God proven wrong or whatever, the whole world would be united in its rejection of God overnight. So that certainly would play in, obviously, to the biblical account of this this uh, world order at the end of time. Also, we would believe ourselves to be God. This one would take a little bit longer to sink in, but the idea that aliens, in a real sort of evolution kind of way, just evolved, and that uh, you know that it could be sold to us that they were somehow our creators in the sense that they genetically modified us, or they might have some excuse to the origin of life or something to that effect. Uh, ultimately, we would see them as gods in the sense of their perhaps abilities or their technological advancement, and it really depends on this point of how and what they say about us, if they say anything, or in the discovering of them that uh, it is implied in some way that, uh, that we ourselves could be like them and therefore like gods. And that really goes into the third part, which is the evolution. I think that this concept of evolution is crucial to so much of what the Antichrist system does, especially the, the genocide based on a belief system that happens in the end uh, time scenario, uh, really requires, as it did in the Third Reich, uh, an idea of evolution. There was a, there's a concept that, um, you know, there's certain people that are not uh, fit for the new the new system, the new evolution. They were, they, they were sort of helping humanity evolve by the elimination of those that weren't ready for the new age, the new world. Uh, Hitler believed in the fifth root race of Blavatsky, but yet I think this new system is going to have a very unique version of evolution. And, of course, the appearance of aliens really validates that on a worldwide scale. No longer do you have to you know, have this sort of underground preaching of theosophy as it was in, in Hitler's time, but rather the whole world is united in this understanding or perceived understanding of potential evolution coming. After all, the aliens are here. We can be like them. They just simply evolved like we have the potential to do. We can become like them. We can communicate telepathically or whatever as long as we are willing to take that next step. And There's this great precipice that we're you know, now at this, able, this ability to move to this next level, but it's all going to be in the context of, you know, God has just recently been disproven, but yet there will be people on earth that can't quite go with the new system because they're stuck in the old paradigm of God does exist and the Bible was accurate and these aliens are a deception. Those people will be presented as enemy number one and, and will be viewed as the thing that's holding us back from the potential evolution. Scholars with no religious affiliation who have looked into this topic of UFOs and ETs for several decades have come to very interesting conclusions. Jack Vallée, a venture capitalist, computer scientist, author, ufologist, and former astronomer who helped build the precursor to what we know as the Internet, has studied the UFO phenomenon for over three decades. After looking into the relationship between UFOs, cults, religious movements, demons, angels, ghosts, and psychic phenomenon, Valet changed his proposed hypothesis from the UFO phenomenon being an extraterrestrial origin, in other words, craft and beings from another planet or a faraway galaxy, to a multi-dimensional visitation hypothesis, or interdimensional. In his book, Messengers of Deception, Valet states, quote, Human beings are under the control of a strange force that bends them in absurd ways, forcing them to play a role in a bizarre game of deception, end quote. Later in the same book, he states, quote, 
The UFO phenomenon represents the manifestation of a reality that transcends our current understanding of physics. The UFOs are physical manifestations that cannot be understood apart from their psychic and symbolic reality. What we see in effect here is not an alien invasion. It is a control system which acts on humans and uses humans." End quote. J. Allen Hynek, a U.S. astronomer, professor, and ufologist, best remembered for his contributions in the field of UFOs and acting as scientific advisor to UFO studies taken by the U.S. Air Force, again came to same conclusions of the UFOs and alleged extraterrestrial phenomenon. In his book, Edge of Reality, he states, quote, If UFOs are somebody else's nuts and bolts hardware, then we must still explain how such tangible hardware can change shape before our eyes, vanish in a Cheshire cat manner, not even leaving a grin, seemingly melt away in front of us, or apparently materialize mysteriously before us without apparent detection by persons nearby or in neighboring towns. We must wonder, too, where UFOs are hiding when not manifesting themselves to human eyes." End quote. The overall consensus seems to be that these crafts which are being seen have the ability to manifest as physical objects and at the same time manipulate time and space as to become invisible or perform aerial maneuvers that defy our current understanding of physics and nature. The deeper side to this phenomenon are the abduction accounts recorded by millions of people all over the world, regardless of time, race, culture, and upbringing. Dr. John Mack, professor at Harvard Medical School, a psychiatrist and writer, also looked into the UFO and abduction phenomenon for several decades and came to similar conclusions as Valet and Heineck. Although he recently passed away, his contributions to the study of ufology and alien abductions is highly touted and greatly respected. He states in an interview with Nova Online when asked if the phenomenon is literally physical or psychological, stating, quote, Yes, it's both. It's both literally physically happening to a degree, and it's also some kind of psychological, spiritual experience occurring and originating, perhaps in another dimension. And so the phenomenon stretches us, or it asks us to stretch to open to realities that are not simply the literal physical world, but to extend to a possibility that there is other unseen realities from which our consciousness, our, if you will, learning processes, over the past several hundred years have closed us off, end quote. What seems to be the case is they come from some other domain, some place, maybe not another star or maybe from another dimension, but they manifest, they show up here in our physical world. Like a number of cases where people are just playing gone, a child comes into the mother's room, mom, you weren't there during the night when I came, there is burned earth outside where the ships have landed. There is physically, it may not satisfy our criteria of proof, but proof may be something which only operates within the frame of evidence of this physical world in the box you mentioned before right. that we live in. This is what's going on here is something in some ways more subtle. In other words, something coming from another dimension into our world, which is very commonly experienced in other cultures, but not in this culture. Uh, Last clip I'm going to play is from Chuck Missler. Chuck Missler, he was a pastor. He had years of experience on the military. I'm not sure if he was an engineer before he uh, 
before he uh, got into vocational ministry as a pastor. This is a video that's also on YouTube, still left, called Chuck Missler, Return of the Nephilim, UFOs, Aliens, and the Bible. Chuck Missler, Return of the Nephilim, UFOs, Aliens, and the Bible. Chuck Missler is with the Lord now. I appreciated his ministry. He was one of the few people that uh, was theologically sound. He uh, had a good grasp of the Bible as a pastor, yet he did do serious studies into these areas. Uh, you have UFOs and uh, Nephilim, uh, so-called ETs. Uh, normally, normally, in general, uh, people will tend to gravitate, Christians will tend to gravitate in one or two areas. They're either very, very strong in the Bible, which is the most important thing, and then they're just, they don't, they're not exposed to any of these other areas as far as you know, how do you, you know, what are the UFOs? You know, how, how do we interpret Genesis 6, 1, th- 1 through 4? Uh, or you get people that just you know, park on people that are born again, and they park on this whole area of aliens and ETs and things like that, and the biblical knowledge is, shall we say, lacking. So I did appreciate Chuck Missler's ministry. Like what? 
like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. I think God is going to use some kind of strange creatures, demonic or whatever, to draw the world into this confrontation that is part of the climax of Revelation and the Old Testament deal with. You could go to Chuck Missler's site, Conania House or K-House. Just search Chuck Missler K-House and a lot of resources. This whole series, that whole series is there, among other things. I had mentioned in my intro to the show how was this, uh, how is this related, the coming, the preparation, the coming false ET invasion, how it's related to the COVID psyop. Uh, I think very clearly you see how, number one, the uh, peoples of the world have been demoralized. Uh, they have people stressed out. They have people deceived. People uh, are basically, many are afraid of a virus that's never been isolated. SARS-CoV-2 has never been isolated. Uh, now people are talking about the Delta variant. They're saying constantly, Delta surging, Delta surging. This is fiction. Delta's never been isolated. There's no test for Delta. There's videos you can see out there. People will call doctor's offices and say, look, hi, I've been tested for COVID. Uh, I want to see if I get tested for Delta. They're like, well, what test is that? There's no other test. Well, then how would I know if I had COVID? And person online would say, do you have any other questions? This is how much they lie to us. So when you see the power of TV again, it's a little mind control. Uh, you see, this is laying the groundwork then for the fake ET invasion. One other thing I would just I would just throw out there, possibility. If they do fake an ET invasion, okay, I think what was said in agency is true. They're immediately, uh, they will immediately attempt to discredit the Bible and say, well, now we have all this advanced information now. You know, we can safely ignore the Bible uh, because they're going to want people to believe in the uh, the power of these extraterrestrial beings that don't exist, that are EDs, or that do exist, that are spiritual beings. What if they show up and as part of their advanced technology, they have advanced healing, they have advanced medicine? There was a, there was a series called uh, uh, V is for Visitor, and uh, it's, again, it's a TV series. And uh, you had these reptilians that were basically disguised as humans. And their goal was to uh, get rid of, they wanted to steal uh, the water from the world. Uh, but one of the things they did to gain people's trust is they set up these healing centers. Again, it was TV. But to further the mind control of television, if, let's say we wake up sometime in the not too distant future, and television news all over the world says that there's, there's uh, 15 motherships over the world, over different world capitals. And, uh, it's in Brasilia, it's in Washington, D.C., uh, over London, uh, over Rome, over Madrid. We have all these motherships that are massive and contacts made, allegedly. They say, well, you know, these aliens, they're, uh, they're good guys. Maybe it happens after a fake, after a fake battle, after the the bad aliens are gone, the good aliens supposedly 
help the people of Earth. But whatever, let's say this contact is made, and uh, you say, yeah, well, the aliens, obviously, obviously they care about us. If they didn't, why wouldn't, why would they be giving us this marvelous technology to heal everything? <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go down like that. I do know they are planning a fake alien invasion. It's very clear, uh, especially the angle they're working now with all the military footage they're revealing of the UFOs, some of which is obviously military technology that exists already, anti-gravity machines. And uh, they're trying to present it as a threat. This is a threat. So ultimately, uh, regardless of what happens in this life, as, as I've said before, you want to be prepared for the next life. This life's like a vapor. You want to know who Christ is. There's only one or two places uh, when you stop breathing, you're going to be either forever with God in heaven or forever isolated and punished in hell. Forgiveness is available only through Christ. As Chuck Messer says, the only thing that is, uh, the only thing that's going to save you, ultimately, is knowing Christ. You've been listening to KRP Radio Show, keeping real pudgy Miller, guest host Rocco P. I will hope to be back next month and the last Friday night of September is September 24th. I want to thank Pudgy Miller again for the use of his platform. I deeply appreciate that. Thank you for listening. K-I-R-P Radio!